Howdy, and welcome to the Aggie Greats podcast. My name is Kenner, and I'm so glad you joined us this week as we dive deep to understand what makes the great great. Here on Aggie Greats, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to live life to the fullest. We're so glad you're along for the journey, so let's pursue greatness. Howdy, and welcome to the very first episode of the Aggie Greats podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are joining me today for what's going to be an awesome adventure as we spend this very first episode exploring the whole concept of coachability. Now, this is kind of a term that you hear thrown around in the locker room and in the workplace, but it's really rare to find people who can actually define what it actually means. So the whole purpose of this podcast, I'm going to be showing you five different things that you can do to become more coachable. So let's get started, grab some pen and paper, and let's dive right in. The very first concept of what makes somebody coachable is the idea that they simply listen. Now, this seems like a really simple concept, but in practice, it's actually very challenging for a lot of people. You see, coachability is more about people who are, have a willingness to improve and who are capable of accepting feedback for what it is. Oftentimes, people get defensive and put up walls when somebody criticizes how they're performing or determines that what they're doing isn't correct. I think Michael Jordan takes a really balanced approach to this um, in that when he was interviewed, he, he kind of described himself as a sponge who was aggressive to learn. And I think that's exactly the mindset that allowed him to get to such a high level. He wasn't pushing away the, uh, the support that he was getting, but instead he was allowing himself to push past the plateaus that his coaches were able to encourage him through skillful training. I think, honestly, a lot of athletes lose sight of what it looks like to grow as a person and as an athlete and as a student athlete for all of you guys who are listening. Really the best way to grow is to fail forward. And you have to recognize early on that your coach is there to help you along that journey. I think like Michael Jordan does, take the criticism for what it is and recognize that it's meant to help you and build you up. And before you put up those mental walls that so many people do, recognize that the coach is on your side. He's actually trying to help you communicate. And so that kind of encapsulates the very first uh, way that you can become more coachable is just simply listen. Now, moving on to the second point, the second way to become more coachable is to simply not make excuses. The sign of a successful leader is someone who is open to honest feedback, even if it hurts. Recognize that you're not going to be perfect. It's okay to mess up. And honestly, nobody's perfect. But that's no reason for you to make excuses for when you don't reach your potential. Recognize that a player's coachability is a mentality and it requires a lot of hard work. It's not something that comes overnight. But at the end of the day, it's the athlete's responsibility. Coachability is up to the athlete, not up to the coach. As soon as an athlete recognizes this, then he can start to take ownership for his own training and for his own growth along his journey. I think that within the business world, this really applies, especially for people who have been in a job for a long time, because the tendency is to almost imagine that their experience is 
the right way of doing things. And so rather than accepting that they made a mistake or that they did something wrong, they push the blame on somebody else. And that's something that is completely contradictory to the idea of becoming a more coachable person. Coachable athletes also are able to check their ego. That's the third point. In the business world, if you've been in an industry for a considerable amount of time, as I described earlier, it's really natural to develop confidence in the way of doing things. You've been in the industry for so long, you've known how to do it, and rather than acknowledging that things change over time, you imagine that you know everything. And so that's something that allows and and that's where your ego starts to step in and it prevents you from admitting that you might not actually know everything and that your up-to-date knowledge just isn't there and so it it allows you to fall prey to the blind spots and to reckon and not to grow with the evolving landscape of time and I think that this relates to cognitive biases which is something that I'm definitely fascinated in uh, I don't have a ton of time to go into that today but I'd love to address that later um, honestly checking your ego is something that even I struggle with as an athlete by the time you get into a division one program or frankly into any level of success you tend to trust your experience over anything else and that's kind of you get into a routine that you follow and you don't tend to look outside of that and so what you have to recognize is that as an athlete as a business person your goal is to grow and to reach a new level however if you keep relying on the same uh, on the same things that got you to where you are then oftentimes you're going to reach a plateau recognize that growth happens when you're able to step outside of your comfort zone and put your ego to the side Especially within a team setting, I think that this concept of coachability applies because you there's honestly no place for big egos on teams. I think Phil Jackson, who is, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a successful NBA coach. He won 11 NBA championships and coached Michael Jordan and Kobe. He said that good teams become great ones when the members trust each other enough to surrender the me for the we. Now, I want you to absorb that for a second. What he's saying is that when you're focused on being coachable and you trade your needs for the needs of the team, not only are you going to become a better leader within the team, but you're also going to encourage better team productivity and increase the overall effectiveness, whether that's within your team, whether within your company. And it also produces better morale within the team because they recognize that you're not completely self-centered and driven by your own internal needs. So recognize that, again, there's no place for egos on teams. To become more coachable, you have to put that ego to the side. The fourth point is that you have to recognize that to become more coachable, you have to realize that the coach is in your corner. I think especially for me and for other athletes, uh, it's, it's a natural instinct to become defensive when we're critiqued. And honestly, maybe even you've recognized that over time you've developed a negative attitude and you feel like the coach is criticizing you. And I think that that's something that develops over time. I think especially in you know my experience, you find that early on the feedback that you're getting from the coaches is something that you take very valuable and that you are like, okay, 
this is really important. But then over time, you start to kind of hear the same thing over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, goodness, like, I don't want to hear this one more time. And that's where you're just like, maybe they're just nagging me or critiquing you. And what what you have to recognize, and that goes back to point one, this idea that, you know, to become more coachable, <laughs> the first thing you have to do is actually listen. Uh, they wouldn't have to be repeating themselves if you were able to listen and actually apply what they were telling you to do. And so recognizing that the coaches in your corner takes down those walls that you might be putting up mentally that keep you from hearing the message that they're trying to communicate. Also recognize that, you know, as an athlete or as a student uh, or within the business world, you have to be grateful that someone actually cares enough about you to push you to improve beyond where you'd want to go or where you could be capable of going on your own. After all, the whole goal of the coach, regardless of what group or team you're in, is to help you break those barriers and achieve new heights. They've put themselves in the position to help guide and foster you. And the least that you can do is recognize that they're there to help you. And so I think that the concept of, uh, you know, that in the Bible, it talks about how, it, you know, two strands are stronger than one. And I think that that goes back to this concept of, you know, two minds are better than one. The coach is there trying to build you up. And if you can accept the feedback that you're giving them then, or that they're giving you, then that's going to help you become a better person overall and actually become be more aware of the flaws that you have. Also recognize that when the coach, when you succeed, the coach is succeeding as well. The coach oftentimes wants it more than you do sometimes. I know that there are days in practice where the last thing you want to be doing is hitting a tennis ball or throwing a football or, uh, you know, whether you're studying for an exam, the last thing you want to do is work another problem. And But whatever happens, honestly, the, the coach or your teacher or whoever's leading you honestly wants to see you succeed. And that's something that, you know, again, you have to be grateful for. The, the coach at the end of the day is working for not only what's best for you, but also for what's best for the team. And I think a lot of people lose sight of the goals of bringing the team up and bringing those around you up in favor of just focusing on your own personal growth. And, you know, I think that that's something that makes teams such a exciting environment is that you have the opportunity to go beyond what you've ever been able to do. And, but also on the flip side, if you're not able to be coached and you're not learning, then, you know, you could be winning every single match. You could be doing everything right. But if you're putting the team and their needs to the side in favor of just being your own person and not growing for the team, then you, then it's very possible that you don't go anywhere because Unfortunately, in team sports, it's not up to you. It's a whole team. And so um, that's just something about recognizing that the coaches in your corner, when you're fighting, use them as a resource. They can either be working for you or against you, and they're there for you. The very last step of becoming a more coachable student, a more coachable athlete, is to simply ask questions. The first step that we had talked about was this idea of listening, and this is a more active form of listening. A person who's coachable isn't just responding 
when they give feedback, but they're also viewing others as kind of a valuable tool in their development. They're willing to take action and make changes based on those feedback, but you're not able to get that feedback if you're not asking the right questions. And I think, frankly, the tendency to not ask questions is because people are fearful that it makes them look dumb or they're afraid of asking a stupid question. However, research shows that it's actually very opposite. I think if any of you guys have been in an interview or have had to talk to a company, at the very end, they're always asking, hey, do you have any questions? And if you sit there and you don't have any questions, that shows the interviewer that, first of all, you're not really engaged in what you're talking about, and maybe you're not really that interested. And I think that whether you're trying to be on a team, whether you're trying to be hired for a job position, people who are inquisitive who are asking questions and trying to learn are the people who are going to be more successful in that field. And I think that that is backed up by a lot of really strong research. There was a study conducted, uh, I was reading an article in Forbes today, and it was talking about, uh, they were doing a study on the correlation between competence and coachability. And what they did was they took 50,000 leaders and they uh, had people respond and talk about, okay, what, how would you rank their coachability? And then how do you perceive their overall leadership? And th the results are really fascinating. They found that the people who were rated the very lowest on the coachability, the people who they ranked as the absolute least coachable people ended up in the 11th percentile for overall leadership effectiveness. Whereas the people who were rated the most coachable averaged in that 92nd percentile, which shows a really crazy disparity between people who are just simply willing to learn and willing to grow. And I think that that shows that if you're trying to become a leader in any capacity, in any area that you are in, coachability is something that you absolutely need to master and absolutely need to grow in. And that's exactly why we're talking about that today and why we picked that as the very first episode. Because before you can really do anything else, you have to become a more coachable person. And that applies across the board in sports, in leadership situations, and within job situations. So that wraps up the five things that make you a more coachable person, a more coachable athlete. And there's some amazing research out there that I will link in the description of the podcast below so you can do your own research. I really hope that this helped you guys become more coachable athletes. And I look forward to talking to you guys in the next episode. Thanks again and have a wonderful week.